Hey there, Fellowship family. Welcome to your one-stop shop for all things church life. My name is Mark Francis, and I am your host for today. Welcome back. You know, this is, it's been a while for us to post on this Fellowship family podcast channel, but we're excited to get back in the groove of things. And over these next few weeks, we're going to be talking about how Fellowship Bible Church has been around for 40 years. It was 1980 when uh, it was really founded, and we'll be hearing more about stories over these next few weeks, and specifically for the September 6th worship service, where we'll get a chance to thank God for his faithfulness in, uh, in our lives and in the life of the church, and, uh, and hopefully what we can anticipate in the future here at Fellowship Bible Church. And I just want to introduce a couple who I'm here with today because they have a long history with Fellowship Bible Church and have lots of great things and stories to share and some insight to where Fellowship Bible Church has been. This is Rick and Sharon Lump. How are you guys? Good. Now, I have to say this because when I first met you guys, I heard the word lump and, and it makes me think, you know, is there a history to that? And you might have to spell it for us, you know, and where does that name come from? It's a German name. German, okay. Probably has been Americanized with the spelling. It's L-U-M double P. Double P. Double P. Yeah. And, and I'm sure when, you're, when you... When you're, a youth, when you're a grade schooler, you don't want to say P-P. So <laughs> you, say, you learn to say double P. And so Sharon, did that name surprise you when you met Rick? Did that kind of take you for surprise there of uh, am I, what am I getting into here with this name Lump? No, because I didn't like my maiden name either. So. <laughs> no, well, now you have to tell us what's the maiden name. It was Fusen. Oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting as well. And what's the nationality and heritage of that? Um, it's um, Dutch. Dutch. Okay. Mm-hmm. A couple of good Europeans over there. Neat. Well, Rick, I know that you have um, a long history, and you two, Sharon, of kind of serving and participating here in Fellowship Bible Church. You know, just give us kind of some of your perspectives of, of what you saw in the early days. First of all, kind of when did you first start attending? That'll give us kind of a background of where we're coming from here. Well, we start, our first Sunday here was uh, August 7th, the first Sunday of August in 1983. 83. Wow. And um, we had moved here from Ohio, and had been to a few churches up there uh, with some not so good experiences, but uh, had come to a fairly good experience in one church uh, just before we moved here. And uh, we came to fellowship at the ch- at the school, mm-hmm. and the first people that we met were Margaret and Charlie Richardson. They met us at the door and yep. then took us around and introduced us to various people and then later took us out to lunch. So wow. we, we, it was such a positive experience that uh, after that first Sunday, we were hooked. That's, you know what? I think that is going to be a common theme um, that we're going to hear the name Margaret and Charlie Richardson. Um, <laughs> you know, So just some anticipation <laughs> for the future. We're going to hear from them even on September 6th, but they're one of the founding kind of fathers, founding members, um, founding families of fellowship. And uh, they're still here today doing the same thing, you know, and uh, it's just neat to see how God has used certain people in the life of the church. So 1983, that was a long time ago. So then how did you then say, okay, this is our home. This is where we're going to start to serve and get plugged in. Um, Because you obviously have a vocation. What, What was your 
job of choice back in 1983. What was I doing in 83? Service master? I was uh, in the, the restoration business. Uh-huh. Uh, it was a company called Service Master and yeah. Forest Hills Associate, which was a company my family had uh, started and had been working with that on and off ever since I was a teenager or various facets of that. Got it. And uh, when the military came along and took me, I uh, got a temporary reprieve from that. But but up until the time we uh, moved here to Winchester, I had been doing that kind of work. Okay. I didn't become a teacher, which I retired from now after 20 years, until I was almost 40 years old. So. Really? So you started teaching when you were 40? Okay. Yeah. And yeah, that's, well, that's yeah. what you got hooked on, was right. teaching, having that heart to pass knowledge on to others. I had gone to college uh, for two years and was in a pre-law program. And when I came here, you know, 20-some years after that, um, it was nice to find out that I could get a lot of that transfer, a lot of that credit yeah. transferred. And so it Neat. shortened my uh, my years up for getting my degree. And so I started teaching then. Okay. And Sharon, how about you? What's your, your passion? What, what kind of keeps you going every single day, especially even back then? I mean, I'm, you guys have a family? You have yeah. children? Yes. Well, um, my careers have changed over the years. Uh-huh. I was um, going into nursing when we were in Ohio. I had worked at a hospital for seven years. And when we came here, I worked um, for the family business. Mm-hmm. Um, doing bookkeeping and things like that. Um, Then we did foster care, Mm -hmm. and I was home uh, doing that, and we adopted four children. Right. And so I was home doing that, and um, and then got into child care, got out of foster care and started doing child care, and I worked at Braddock Street for 12 years, and now we work just as hard. We take care of a one-and-a-half-year-old and two-and-a-half-year-old grandchildren wow. 50 hours a week. So That is significant full-time yes. work and duty right there. Mm-hmm. That's, that's great, though. I mean, seeing that, okay, teacher, hard to kind of pass on knowledge, child, foster, you know, family. It's, it's just neat to have kind of your backgrounds and skills to bring to the church body and um so walk us through kind of what kind of how you, how your personality and how your gifts kind of led into serving here at fbc well early on the church is very small we uh, didn't have staff or pastoral positions that right. we have now so uh sharon um, guided the nursery for a while i was the first custodian the church had First of all, it was volunteer at the, in the right. beginning, but then yeah. it was a paid part-time position later yeah. on. Uh, and singing, of course. Uh, I've been involved in the singing as much as I could, as much as they had in the beginning. When we first met at the school, our singing times, our worship time, was, was actually called prayer and praise time. Okay. And uh, it was very informal with uh, a few guitars and lead singers and congregational singing and we shared prayer requests and and praises and needs and so forth during that time as well. So it was a mixture hmm. of singing and speaking and 
It was it was very enjoyable though, uh, and um, appropriate for the size that we were. Right. Um, so how many people do you think were really there when you first started coming? I don't it was know, a, fifty maybe. Okay. May, uh, uh, if you count children. <laughs> well, of course. But um, I mean that when we got into the building, uh, uh, which is that picture that was on Facebook, uh, was about the time that we got into that. So define building. that building. So if you're if you're looking at our entire campus now, the building that you're talking about is it's the brick one over in the admin wing area. If you look at that right? picture, we're facing. The building that was there, uh, that was our initial phase, and to the right of that picture would have been where the administration wing is now. It mm -hmm. wasn't there at the time, of course. Right. And then, of course, the auditorium we have now was way behind that. The courtyard was on the other side of that building. Yep. And uh, the educational wing, or part of the educational wing, was uh, to the left of that picture. That hadn't been built yet either. Right. So it was just that center section, which I think right now occupies the the um, entrance there with the, for the nursery area and uh, the nursing mother's room and where that, that area in there is where the old original building was. Yeah, I'll give a quick pause and plug because part of our project here at FBC is to kind of show a timeline and to show the growth of the church. And on September 6th, we'll have the doors open where you can enter into the library area, and it'll be up for months. But we'll get a chance to see the evolution of not just the building, but the people and the stories and the testimonies and the ministries and the staff. And there'll be pictures, there'll be descriptions. So what you're describing here, Rick, we'll be able to put words with pictures mm. and see it all together. Yeah, so yeah. it'll be something neat to really look out for. So tell me more about the worship time, because I know you have a heart for worship and singing. And and what about those times back in the 80s really kind of were were unique? Um, I led the worship uh, a short period of time. Mm -hmm. and, and at various times we had other people lead during the earlier years. And our, our choir presence was very uh, spotty. We didn't have a choir very often. We did for special occasions. We had uh, some uh, soloists that, we, that sang. We had a sign-up sheet at one time where we, yeah. we signed up to sing solos. Our special numbers uh, could have been a duet or a quartet or something of that nature. And uh, for, a, for a while we did that in addition to a, a praise team that was put together sort of sporadically also. Mm -hmm. Um, so we had choirs for cantatas and or for special occasions, and we had some soloists, and I, I took part in all of that. We had various individuals uh, come along and enhance that whole picture. And when when Mike Lukens came and uh, and then Rose, um, the the situation improved a great deal. Mm, yes, <laughs> became more consistent. Uh -huh. We've really continued to have. Uh, difficult time maintaining choir because of the nature of our meeting together. A lot of our adults are involved in teaching or taking classes, mm -hmm. and so we we don't have any one particular period of time where all the adults are available who would want to sing and could sing uh, to get together. So and kind of now you're transitioning into the '90s <clears throat> when when a lot of that happened there. Yes, and this, when when Scott Nelson came, then Scott Nelson, uh, yes, he took the bull on the, on the horn by the by the horns, as they say, and started uh, uh, putting together a fairly consistent choir presence, mm -hmm. as well as some uh, uh, instrumentalists to a small band or orchestra. 
uh, Susan Avery came and uh, and uh, helped for a while. Uh, we had a young man, what, Cedric Bayer, who was a singer with the with the Navy, I believe, who helped us for a while. And, uh, he actually led a couple of weeks, I believe. Um, but it was always, uh, you know, done by the seat of our pants, so to speak. That, that's interesting to me. You say that. So kind of, <laughs> I'm, I'm in the worship ministry here now, obviously, and I, I'm fascinated with kind of what goes on behind the scenes and how do we come to plan the things that you do within a worship time. To me, I hold that very dear to my heart of what has God called us to do. So what were, what were those times like when you were worship leading, when there was, uh, obviously, there's teaching and preaching. Harry Adams was was a, a pastor for a time, and then Mark Carey came in 1990. So kind of how, how did God lead those times of worship for you guys then? Well, I think that in the beginning, we, we were attracted to Fellowship Bible Church because of the fellowship and the Bible teaching. Mm-hmm. The warmth that we felt when we uh, came in that very first day, uh, you know, continued on, and as we met more and more people, um, uh, Harry's sermons were very helpful. Um, our singing was—I would—I would have to say, at those, in those days, our singing was typical of churches our size. I think, where much of what we did. Uh, was considered to be almost like icing on a cake, hmm. uh, a frill, uh, an extra that we would add to our services uh, to make it nicer or better. It did, I do believe that there were individuals, and I would like to believe myself included, who approached worship in those days uh, uh, you know, as a, an honest expression of one's heart and one's relationship to God. And yeah. uh, by sharing it with the congregation, we hope to inspire people to do the same. But it wasn't until Mike came, mm. I think, that uh, that perspective was more uh, effectively addressed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was an attempt, I think, a, a, a deliberate attempt from the pulpit and from other uh, positions of influence to alter our thinking regarding worship so that it isn't just a frill. This isn't a, an added event to good preaching and good fellowship. Not just something to check off a list or right. sing a song, a cool song that, you know, is either on the radio that you think sounds good or people would like, right. but how can it hit? Something that people who like to sing get to do for fun. Right, right. And that's, you know, that's part of it, obviously. If, if God has given us a voice, a desire to sing, that's the the first few steps. So is it fair to say you've kind of seen the church grow in that Absolutely. area over the years? Absolutely. Our choir times together now are almost like a mini church. Yeah. Um, and there is a great deal of spiritual growth and content and uh, inspiration taking place there, which is what I think it ought to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the choir uh, members and instrumentalists and tech team people, and we all are part of a of a team to uh, enhance the worship of those who are in the congregation, but hopefully we, and we've said this to ourselves, uh, and hopefully it's an honest uh, assumption that we come and we sing out of the abundance of our own hearts uh, as a result of the experiences we've had with God all week long. Absolutely, yeah. So that uh, we can inspire others to worship in spirit and in truth. That's a great heart attitude to have. Um, and I know, Sharon, you're, you're not idly sitting by during these years of 
Rick singing and leading and being custodian, <laughs> share kind of some of the stories that you had, because I, I believe you were also even on staff or at least a, a secretary for a time or two. And then you had mentioned children's ministry as well. Kind of what did you see in the heart of the church as you were serving those years ago? Well, I, um, as soon as the building was finished and um, we moved in, um, Harry asked me to be his secretary, so I did that from January of 85 till um, probably June of 89, Hmm. or April of 89, and um, then I was doing like 150 bulletins a week. Okay, yeah. And um, I can't remember all that I did, but... I only did it part-time, just a couple hours a day. Right. But you got to see all the fun neat yeah. things yeah. behind the scenes, right? And I got to meet people <laughs> coming in. Yeah. I mean, I, um, when the Spences and um, her parents came in to town, um, and they stopped by the church to check it out, I got to meet them and, and talk with them and... Um, was and other people um, as they came in and wanted to check out the church and talk to Harry. It was um, good to talk with. I had, of course, finished before Mark came. Mm-hmm. Right. But we um, cleaned the church every weekend. And the whole um, family. Yeah. Our older two kids were get involved it. in that too. Uh-huh. Everybody didn't get their hands dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Clean up after everyone. We were at the church every day of the week. Really seriously, there's something about a small church feel, where where people feel ownership. I I think you know where there's this, you, you know you you realize hey if I'm not doing this no who else is going to, and I think that could be a, a potential pitfall of a, a bigger church that people might feel hey I can just show up and things will keep moving on because every week keeps happening, but there is a there is stuff that happens behind the scenes, even in a big church like ours, where people are doing the work of the ministry. And I appreciate hearing how (laughs) it's a family effort, right, to come to the church. And and if there's any kind of call, I feel like that that's something that we can still grow in. Being a bigger church, you know, that we can we can find where is our niche, even even in the COVID pandemic, I still think there is an opportunity to serve to get plugged in. So that's my encouragement, but I wanted to hear from you guys as well. So how did that bless your family? You know, what impact did that make with you all as a, as a you know, with the, the foster children that you have and, and setting an example of you guys serving? What did you see in the life of your family as you were part of the church? Well, our children, our older children particularly, our oldest two are in their 50s, or close to it living in Hawaii and Texas, they both remember fellowship fondly. I still remember a lot of individuals uh, that they knew when they were kids growing up. The Rosensteels is one family I can remember that both my children knew well. Jim uh, Poole. Jim Poole, of course. Uh, I, he, um, he knew our children really well. The Poole family, in fact, uh, hosted a um, any church of sorts. Mm-hmm. We didn't call it that in those days. I forget what it was called in those days, but it was not something like a multiple church. names, right? <laughs> and uh, you know, Jim and Mark kids were together a lot. 
He was a, a youth pastor. I did the youth. I was going to say, so pastor, while. But a, Yeah, I, I've director. seen and heard rumors of that, too. So, again, custodian, worship leader, and now youth, youth leader. Director, whatever. Yes. Okay. It was not. And, and learning center. I actually led the learning center one year. Um, but that was because, you know, we didn't have staff at the time. Right. It was what was needed. And, and Sharon and I have both felt uh, that the Lord has given us the desire to meet needs in sort of a help kind of a ministry kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot of our circumstances are such that some of those uh, leadership opportunities didn't, didn't come to us. But right. the, uh, the opportunities to volunteer still exist. Absolutely. Still, still a need for that and always will be. Um, but our kids grew up uh, fond memories of fellowship, uh, even those who are far away now. Uh, in fact, our son in Texas uh, go, or attends another church very similar to fellowship uh, because it was similar. Um, but, I, you know, we've had a lot of musically talented people come through fellowship. I mean, located as close as we are to uh, Shenandoah, mm-hmm. you would think that, that we would have some uh, people of musical ability come through, and we have. Scott Nelson was one of the one of the leaders of the music ministry for a while. Of course, Susan Avery came along, and I've got to tell you the story about Susan okay. Avery. Okay, all right. Well, our ears um, are are listening now. <laughs> when we were attending, which by the way, Susan Avery is the wife of a pastor on staff, John yes. Avery, who's uh, our family life pastor. So, okay, just to set the stage. And when she was a teenager. She and her family attended the same church we did, but we did not know them. Huh. We were, we lived some distance away from the church and were really only there on Sundays. Uh, but Sharon was baptized there. And um, anyway, she sang one Sunday uh, a special song. And I remember telling Sharon at the time, you know, that lady could make a living doing that. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, High praise. forgot about that. Yes. After a while, and then we came to fellowship a f- several years later, and they came to fellowship, and we got together and compared notes and realized that she was that young lady that we had listened to back in those uh, 1970-somethings. Wow. Um, and now, of course, she's helped out with our music ministry with her fantastic voice. Um, and we've had uh, Julie Myhill help out. We've had Karen Newland recently help out. Uh, uh, we just had a lot of really good voices come through and and uh, inspire those of us who do enjoy singing sure. to use our gifts to inspire others. Um, well, pinpoint for me, you know, along those paths, you're, you're talking about how, how people have impacted you. Um, you know, part of the culture here at Fellowship Bible Church is to prepare and deploy dependent disciples. So how have you guys um, individually or as a couple, been discipled and have grown um, over these many years since 1983 of being here at Fellowship. Um, how have you seen God use others to develop your spiritual journey and walk? Well, for a time in our um, uh, groups, our family groups, um, several of the uh, mini groups were doing a series called 2-7 and um, it taught you how to have devotion time taught you how to memorize scripture it taught you um, it it was put out by the navigators and um, taught you all aspects about 
um, how a, a Christian was supposed to um, develop their their Christian life, and then how the last part of it was sharing yeah. hmm. your faith with others. And um, I think that at that time, that was a time where I had the most growth. Hmm. And, and Alan McCorkle helped lead that, didn't he? He, he, got, he got the hmm. thing started, and his group was doing it also. Neat. So not just study to learn to have it be just private and personal, but to learn how to then express your faith to others and to share that to others. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, that group time was, I mean, we spent a whole day praying, uh, practicing the, the things that were suggested to us through the 2-7 series. And um, that, that to me, I think that was the first time I had spent that many hours consecutively praying. Hmm. And uh, it was good. It was good, a good experience. I think we found out that the time passed for, faster than we thought mm-hmm. when we had intentional prayer lists and, and concerns and uh, when we realized that our prayer time wasn't simply appealing to the Lord for some sort of intervention in our life, mm-hmm. but for growth, for other people, for understanding, for, you know... For worship. Worship. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you've already shared this, and I feel this is an obvious thing, but you have then taken that knowledge and impacted others, whether of how you serve through the worship ministry or through children. Um, is there a specific example where you can say, yeah, I was, I was, I loved being able to just invest my time into this specific ministry or these particular people, you know, to pass on the torch, if you will, to, uh, to convey what you've learned over the years to others around you? Well, I've had lots of one-on-ones with different men in the church. I don't think I want to name names. No, yeah, sure. The uh, you know, the opportunities have come either have been suggested to me by John or John Morrison or, uh-huh. or others to meet with different fellas and and encourage them, um, not necessarily to uh, teach them a great deal, other than just to encourage them mm-hmm. and to help them to. Uh, apply the things that they know about God's encouragement and God's enabling uh, uh, to their own specific situations. So I, I, even though I've taught for 20 years and and I did teach here as as a learning center teacher, uh, I still here 37 years later have to resist saying Sunday school. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, it's uh, I feel like my my gift or my my my. Uh, contribution to the, the church's life and all is more by an example and more by uh, encouraging uh, rather than uh, leading a, a specific Bible study or or topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think that having said that fellowship and Bible teaching is what drew us to the church in the beginning, I think maybe what happened when Mark, shortly after Mark came, in the very first year of his ministry here, we lost one of our children, mm. the death of a son. Mm. And, and when it comes to dealing with issues like that, mm. um, that's when your church family uh, both means more to you and it has more of an impact, I think, on you than it would normally have. Yeah. We want to address that? Mark uh, was unique in his con- contribution. Um, 
Yeah, it was a very difficult time, and we had to step back from things, and it was a very rough time from for me. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. And I had to seek counseling through the church, and it took me a long time to get through it. But I think at at the other end of it, um, it God brought me back. And um, then we uh, adopted three three other children, and um, they were very small. So we had to step back and and sort of get into the raising of them, because um, one of those were has some special problems. Mm. And um, so at the, at the begin the beginning years, we we were very busy. Um, in the church, and we loved it. But um, when we started with our second family, um, things had to quiet down for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can I can't imagine. I'm sure some of the listeners have gone through that experience, but it's that cannot be easy to go through death of a child. What What did you? And you said you've come out the other end. Mm-hmm. So what was it? that gave you that ability to come out the other end? And and what did God teach you um, through that time? Well, um, I just kept praying and um, asked the Lord to give that hunger for his word back to me. Hmm. I kept praying it over and over. And then I just realized I'm tired of being angry. I'm not. I'm just only making myself feel bad, and so I asked the Lord to help me to change that, and and He did, and I did get a new hunger for the world. Yeah, it's it's a similar kind of thing to to what I have faced with my PTSD, and that is uh, being reminded of the many passages, uh, but just. Practically speaking, being reminded that, that God has never left us and uh, that He's always there. Um, Mark did that when we were holding our passed away child in our arms. Uh, he he. That was one of the first serious events, I guess, that he had to face, hmm. and he did it so well. Hmm. Uh, Mark, John Morrison and his help with Sharon on dealing with the loss of the of our son Stephen. Um, it's easy to be angry with God and, and believe uh, when we're going through those times that God is not there, but uh, we have learned that He always is, even when it doesn't seem like He is. But he's it's a, always it's is. a great example of essentially placing your full, complete trust in God. Right. And right. and knowing that ultimately He is the one who is the the giver of life and holds each of us in His hands. And, and loves us through it, despite tough times here in this present world. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the one to put our trust in, right? Mm-hmm. It's powerful, and it's a yeah. We have the we have the power. We have the the abundant life that we were promised, and we have to appropriate it from time to time. We have to be reminded that it's there. Mm-hmm. But we have it. I mean, we are, we already have victory in Jesus and. You know, I'm, it, I'm a little bit hesitant to say, but so many of the, of the 
things that we think about when we are going through deep times and difficult times, or even as a church in our regular experiences, songs come to me more than passages of yeah, Scripture. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lord, forgive me, Lord, but uh, you know, I am much more have more facility at remembering the lyrics of a song or the title of a song. Isn't that the, the and, purpose of why God has given really, us music? That's, I think that's exactly right. Yeah. And, and when you're, the lyrics of the songs you sing are biblically based, or even just biblical quotations, yeah. then uh, it does make it easier to remember, hmm. the, the concept at least. Well, those are great nuggets for us to take away. Um, having a heart of service like you guys have had to, to get plugged in, be willing to, to clean floors and bathrooms with your family to then to the point of recognizing to pass the torch to others and to know that even in the good times and down times that God is still there. Those are great stories. You're laughing. So I've got to leave on a funny note. There has got to be some funny story that you have for us uh, not, that you can pass it's on. It's not spiritually based. That's okay. We, 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 we've gotten some good spiritual nuggets out of this, but give uh, us something that we can take well, away that we, you can share with us that's funny. About, uh, you know, having clean floors and so forth. Uh, the building has changed over the years since I was doing it alone, but I was helping Larry for a while here before I had my heart surgery. And, uh, there are over 70 toilets in this church. <laughs> Currently 70, yes. Okay. So n you were not just a janitor back in the 80s, but what you're saying, and I'll just clarify this, you have been a janitor here recently, at least in the last, yes. in the last I think it might have been the last, last decade. The last paying job I had was, yeah. was a part-time job here. So you have been able to assist this current campus in this current building. Yeah. So. How many toilets again? Seventy. Well, uh, it's something like it's seventy something. <laughs> but who's counting? And if you you know think about how much time it takes to do one, you'll realize that the staff has a lot on their hands. That is a full time literally. job. <laughs> full time job. Note note to everyone out there. Again, back to the the needs of the building and the needs of the church, and and man, the work of the ministry goes well beyond just counseling and preaching or singing. But there's something that the life of the body can come together to serve together, can, can carry and hold every joint that is meant for the body of Christ. You know, you can be a foot, you can be an ear, I can be an eyeball, but we're all in it together. <laughs> and, and it I takes... couldn't pass up the chance to say that you know singing is one of those things we're going to do even in heaven. You know, we're not going to give up yeah. any, uh, most of the things we do in this life are we're going to end when we cross Jordan. But we're going to continue to sing. There's going to be a choir in heaven, and it's going to be uh, Amen. a wonderful thing. Amen. That is a great send-off. You know, thank you guys so much for being here. It's been a pleasure to have you um, be the, the first interview of a couple that we're going to be able to pass on to the church. And, and I hope even others outside of FBC are able to listen to this and, and be inspired and encouraged to what God is doing here in Winchester, Virginia, and beyond um, through people like Rick and Sharon Lump. So remember, just as you're listening, as you're watching, um, if you want to contribute, you can always do that. Um, specifically, fbcva.life. You can submit any questions or thoughts or ideas you want to pass on as you listen. Um, and I'm, once again, uh, excited about what God is doing here in FBC and what we can anticipate for him to do in these years to come. So remember, September 6th is going to be our big celebration. Put that in your calendar and come and participate and enjoy um, good food and good fellowship together. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And until we chat again, you know, let Christ be the focus of your life each and every day.